We're here with the ninth episode of That Time I Got Reincarnated in the Same World as an Anime Podcaster. I'm your host, Isekai Sensei-sama, a.k.a. Brad. And as always, joined in the Weeb Cabal by Kermit D. Grog, a.k.a. Andrew. Hello, Kermit D. Grog, reporting from the Sound Cube, getting stronger every recording. And Bento Baggins, a.k.a. Ben. Yasashi Buri. To all our loyal listeners, thanks for coming back. Uh, but if you haven't listened before, we've been watching anime and having conversations about anime and manga and the meta for a long time. So we decided to have those discussions in podcast format. Before we dive in, a few quick news items. Freerin Beyond Journey's End Volume 5 is out. So go buy it right now. It's so good. Do it. Chainsaw Man manga is back. Woo! We're two chapters in. We're really the excited for the anime also. Yeah. That's not got to wait a couple months to this. Yeah. Um, a couple months still. As of recording, we're two two chapters into the next part, uh, and it's still excellent. So. It's still Chainsaw Man. And be sure to check out our new series, Heroin Addiction. Ben and I <laughs> review Shoujo and Jose Manwa, and we're having fun with that. Uh, ben is totally addicted already. I, I'm I'm addicted to the one. We'll we'll see if the next one can drag me in. I think you're addicted to the idea because as soon like as we idea. recorded the first one, you immediately started reading the you second one. You kept reading, and, and I'm like, read oh no! Straight through it in a week. It's gonna come to me next. There's uh, maybe it's good. You know, <laughs> I'm on the fence. Maybe it's all right. He is not on the fence. People <laughs> lies and not slander, but falsehoods, fakeitudes. So as always, uh, hit us up on social media and let us know what you think about all those different series and the podcast in general. Uh, we badly need validation and attention. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going to come out and boldly say it? So guys, uh, I'm studying to take the level three podcaster exam so we can get listed on the big name podcast list. If I pass, I'm going to start studying for the level two certification right away. But in order for us to have a level two podcast, you guys have to be at least level three. So I'm going to need you guys to start studying right away. The exams are hard, but you know, it's important to have the certification so people know the podcast that they're listening to is of a certain quality. So as you might have guessed, our topic today is Japan's obsession with hierarchies. So now... I'm going to sit back and let Ben rant for 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I think there's there's two sides to this debate here. I'm very anti-strict hierarchy, and uh, Kermit is very pro-strict hierarchy. I don't know if I'd say... Well, okay. I don't know <laughs> if I'd anime. say... In anime. <laughs> I am a sucker for having distinct things that you move through. That idea of like... It's anytime, I mean, I could even do it bigger of like anytime numbers involved. Oh, there's 10 assassins that are coming for you that you need to go through to get to the top. Oh, you're at rank E and you have to make your way up to rank A. And just being able to feel that like power gradient, I think is exciting. I, like, I feel like when you're charting power, it's fun. But when it's 100% bureaucracy, I kind of, yeah. I join your camp, Ben. I think there's a big difference between these people are ranked based on their ability versus these people are ranked because they took a test. There's just, and and for me, this goes beyond anime. This goes into yeah. like just the sheer obsession with seniority. It bleeds in, in from in Japanese culture. The culture. And the one that jumps to my mind right away that I think is silly and is probably a real thing is Akane Banashi 
and the ranking to be able to perform in certain venues. Like I can't imagine a stand-up comedian having to to achieve the tune-in rank to be able to perform in a club larger than 50 seats. And when her dad doesn't pass the exam, oh, I guess I just can't do comedy anymore. I can't anymore. do it anymore. <laughs> um, I don't have the blessing of the elders. So I will say... <laughs> I don't have the little badge that says I can do it. We, we did talk about this a little bit uh, when we talked about Akane Banashi. But if you don't remember that or weren't there for that... Go back and listen. Yeah. Um, the, the way that uh, comedy works in America is you do sort of have ranks with... Uh, you know, an opener and a middle act and a headliner. However, there's not like a test you take. There's, there's no just certification. Like, no there's one, no school. There's right. no. There's no concrete it, it, levels that yeah. you literally have to get a piece of paper that says I can do this. You just right. start doing it, and as you accrue ability and popularity, you work your way up right. the ranks. And it's, so, a, it's a naturally occurring gradient right. of to, progress to be a of steps to be an opening act you have to be good enough that a headliner who's doing a tour or whatever goes hey i like that guy i'm gonna make him my opener I, or to be a middle act you have to be uh good enough or friends with a headliner so that person says i'm gonna take you on the road with me you're gonna be my my middle act but there is in certain comedy clubs um and most specifically the comedy store in LA where they do have, you sort of have to take a test and get past what does to that be mean? A, a paid regular. Well, but that's kind of more of an audition. That's right. a job interview. Like right. what I'm talking about is not necessarily the, the free market of being able to sell out a crowd or even an owner asking you to prove yourself before they put you on in a valuable time slot. What I'm talking about is some old guy who has seniority who is just obeyed without question yeah. by everybody beneath him. And that's like, I've heard that's a big problem in Japanese companies. They promote, like they go entirely based on seniority, not ability. And that leads to a lot of um, dead weight at the top. <laughs> and I'm sure this would be blasphemy if I were saying it in Japan. Like, I think this is actually a controversial opinion. <laughs> But Ben, they've been <laughs> in the industry so long, they obviously must know what they're doing. I don't even think anybody pretends that's the case. <laughs> I just think it's it's a respect for like services rendered, I guess. Like you did your time. Yeah, you did your time. This is your reward. Yeah. And I will do my time and I will get the reward. So I should not complain about you doing yours. Well, you see, we can't, you know, we can't stop that system or the people in the middle will get screwed. Because <laughs> they've been putting in that time already, right? They gotta yeah, get their payout. I guess, but it gets increasingly <laughs> weird when. Um, okay, so I guess comedy is fairly low stakes. But let's say we're like, I don't know, kaiju number eight. We're we're hunting kaiju or whatever, and you got to pass the kaiju exam to prove you can beat up a kaiju. And then meanwhile, I'm like, you you want to go fight a giant monster and potentially die? You just go ahead. Like, like I don't care if you have the ability. Like. Progressive fantasy needs steps. Yeah, it needs goalposts. It needs some sense of progression. I just think sometimes Japan falls back on the S through F rank tier list. <laughs> one Punch Man is a, a one that definitely comes to mind where literally it's just you you take a series of tests, both physical and written, and then you get ranked on that. And like, what isn't Saitama the one punch C man? Rank. Isn't he C? He's like yeah. the top of C I rank. Mean, perhaps that's the best example there is, because 
you know, they're they're giving these tests based on lots of different criteria. And Saitama's basically only good criteria is that he's absolutely the strongest ever. He doesn't have a commanding presence. He's not intelligent. Um, he can't, you know, deal with people in a situation. He'd be ranked king number one if it was only based on all power. Listen to our episode. But, You're just cooed all callbacks. Listen to our episode and we talked about <laughs> ranking of kings. But the number one ranked guy yeah, is just there number. for taking credit for Saitama's work. Well, no, Blast actually doesn't show up for quite a while. He's rank one. King is rank two. Okay. Oh, I didn't and know he King, was two. Uh, is the most powerful hero there is. So you should keep you know, those words in Brad's your Brad's making a face because <laughs> if you can't read the joke, if you've never gotten further in One Punch Man than season one, but the whole gag is that King has no powers and he's in fact a coward, but there's a couple times where he like glared at somebody when he was too what nervous to talk to them and they went away or something. It's been It's been a hot minute. But basically he is not... An A-rank hero. So He's barely I, a hero at all. I think he actually does have a superpower, which is luck. I think he's like a domino, where it's like everything that, just works out for him, no matter what he does. That's a very, like, game theory, like the YouTube channel kind of theory. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's something, and I don't think I'd do well in Japan. I, when I was a kid, I was I was a huge weeb, and I used to think, like, oh, man, I'm so unlucky to be born here where nobody's a nerd. I should be born in Japan where everybody's into comics and no. video games. Turns out you just had to wait yeah. a while. And it turns out the Came more... to you. Well... Un the, unescapably. The more I learn about Japanese culture and what it's actually like to live in Japan and the politics and the, you know, socioeconomic expectations, uh, I would not do well there. Yeah. No, I, I, would I hate not, taking tests. I would not defer to my senpai on every decision right. simply because they are my senpai. I do not want to have to use like the most polite tones and of course i would if i traveled there because it is the culture and i would conform to it as a guest but i'm i'm glad i don't have to live there yeah <laughs> so there's something i find funny about thinking about this topic because something popped in my head there's a a manga i'm reading that's about two uh people at a company that are hiding their relationship because um, you're not supposed to do that, intercompany relationships. Um, and the one guy is in the accounting department, and the girl is in like the the test kitchen chocolate making place. It's oh, like a candy okay. company, right? And so, in this in this one last couple chapters, uh, the the guy has to take uh, a test to get his level two accounting certification or something like that. And I was reading that. And I, I thought about Ben and I was like, oh, there's stupid hierarchies and everything. And then I went, <laughs> wait a minute. No, we have that here. Yeah, we do have that here. My, yeah. my, my dad is an accountant and he has to take a CPA certification. I forget how often, but he has to do it at least every couple of years in order to keep his CPA license. Now, I don't think we have levels in the same way. I don't think it's like do, cooked into but. our... It makes psyche in the way that, like I said, like that was what I said at the top is like it is so ingrained over there that it uncontrollably leaks into it, the media they make well, in some ways. For me, I draw the line between like if you're a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer or some profession where you have very important aspects of people's lives in your hands, a certification is nice to know that somebody who knows what they're doing has looked at your work and verified that, yes, you do know what you're talking about. 
at least there's one. But if you look at like the My Hero Academia or the One Punch Man, the the idea that like heroism can be ranked, <laughs> that like they, is they, that not is not is it not it's not popularity? I don't recall. Well, it is popularity, but first they've got to get their hero license, and then yeah. they've got to do their hero and internship. And you got to get your internship. Yeah, it's and like it's like driving a car. You got to get your your learner's permit and first. It's, it's cute. I my my hero doesn't doesn't go overboard with it, but it is an eye rolling moment where like Deku seriously considers maybe not acting because he doesn't have his license yet right. or something. Like I think they get down. There's like one where it's like, hey, you guys solved a big problem, but you guys weren't licensed to do this, so this is like a secret bop on the wrist yeah well, vigilantes is all about that yeah vigilantes is literally about a man who does good that he has to leave japan go listen to our episode heroed, about vigilantes he heroed without <laughs> his hero license because he's just a guy and he had to go to america where i guess that's not a big deal well the land of the vigilante nor should it be vigilante I'm, with a this D. is this is a rare moment of american patriotism for yeah me, where i'm like fire up look it, it is directly at odds with the idea of heroism that you can. There's something like so weirdly consumerist about all this ranking, <laughs> because like I said, with like a CPA, an accountant, it makes sense with a doctor. It makes sense. Yeah, but what I think if licensing, the... I think licensing yeah. and uh, or a certification makes sense. But the idea that you're going to have like three or four different levels and like only the person at a certain level can do this certain job because and just just the idea that like a person using their own like biological abilities not hurting anyone just potentially just just for fun like if i just wanted to if i had wings or something and i wanted to fly i've got to get my hero license to do that and that's ridiculous (laughs) i know i would not listen to that for a second no one in america would listen to that for a second are we doing the civil war conversation i wanted to i wanted to turn this back to be a little bit lighter but if this is where we're headed if we're getting into a cap iron man situation between the two of us ben i will be there (laughs) maybe i know see see here's the thing because i'm i'm totally on the side of the government needs to regulate superheroes i am but i'm against the idea that we have to have some kind of like level system and like stuff like cuz it's not like we we don't have like different rankings of like driver's license i mean i guess heavier well, vehicles but too <laughs> but to like a normal driver but that's more like a separate license i would like, say it's more like you're not supposed to run in most places but we do not license people to run we just trust that right. If you do something you're not supposed to, if you run where you're not supposed to run, somebody will check you on Although that. your uh, example of flying is actually pretty bad because if you were able to fly, you would probably have to get that cleared with the uh, FAA. If I want to fly at a certain height, but if, I mean, I can jump three feet in the air and not, not get cleared by the FAA. Hmm. I, I don't know. In and, most places. Well, and the guy in, <laughs> in Vigilantes can just like scoot around. He's He's got all the powers of like, a motorized scooter. They make a point that he is below <laughs> eye level and will bump into people who aren't. If neither, if neither party is really paying attention, and it's like it's that's a very low level version of what I understand. It's like, what if you could do that? But what if he was way faster? What if he broke somebody's leg while he was scooting around? And it's like that kind of that line of thinking. That I mean, he could still do that if he was licensed, but there, at least there was some extra level of like 
At least he'd be insured. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not I, insured. I, 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 think... I mean, I don't know Japanese, the Japan's insurance <laughs> or fantasy Japan's insurance situation, but like that dude is barely making ends meet living in a little thing at the top of a building. There, there's Man's people in insured. the business course of the Hero Academy have to be doing something. Right. Um, I, I feel like in America, the way that that would work is like, like we already have laws that you, you shouldn't hurt other people. So like if he was scooting around and he hurt somebody else, he'd get in trouble because he hurt them. But they wouldn't like be like, you're not allowed to scoot around anymore. It would be like, wouldn't they? Hey, I need to try harder to not hurt people when I'm scooting around. I'm trying. I'm, I'm not going to make this the gun control. Debate. When you drive <laughs> around in your car. If you hit somebody, you get in trouble for hitting them. Yeah, and you lose your license, well, don't you? Sometimes, <laughs> um, but the the same thing. Eventually, you get it back. But yeah, eventually he'd be able to. He'd work off whatever his sentence was, quote unquote. Here's, and here's a better example: If you're walking down the street in a city and you run into somebody and they get hurt, you will get in trouble. You might get arrested for for battery or whatever. Or you're being caught. But you're you you aren't then not able to walk anymore. Yeah, well, this is getting dangerously close well, to just like having ben a gun control saying, episode, and that is not what this podcast is about. Well, it's like what Ben was saying is that you are like that. That is your the function of your body. Well, and I'm thinking of like the in X Men One, we can talk about another movie? movie about heroes. Yes, okay. In X Men One, uh, there is a line that says uh, they're trying to create a mutant registry, which would ref- which would force every mutant to come forward and identify themselves and their power. And then they would get their license or whatever. And and she says the wrong person behind a wheel of a car could be dangerous. And he's like, we license people to drive. Yes, but not to live. And that's what I feel like. Can you imagine if in America they came and they said, okay, everybody, I need your name, your your physical abilities. <laughs> I need you to register all of that with the federal government right now. There'd be libertarian protests across the heartland. But we don't live in a this fantasy is, world. This gonna, is too this much. Was supposed to, okay, let me get it back to, let's get a little bit more, let's take this back to storytelling. Why I think it works in storytelling, because before you were like, oh, if you're like a CPA and ranked or whatever, it's like, if you come into a business as a new accountant and you have to interact with the fifth best accountant of all the accountants at this place, this is the fifth strongest best accountant in all of the land, and you go, man, this accountant's really incredible at their job and powerful. I wonder, it, it builds anticipation when you're going to meet fourth third second and first like that is why i like ranking systems because it builds anticipation and builds you steps to move up however in storytelling in real japan as we've I've established storytelling the, the person at the top would be completely incompetent and unable to do <laughs> but anything that's why this is a story like that's what that's well, to me what makes it exciting when it's like this is the third strongest guy in the clan and this is only he's only the third strongest it's like the I remember, I mean, it's a gag show, but like watching Boba Bo and it's like, you're working your way. They're working their way. There's like different like blocks of soldiers that they go through the alphabet. And then at the end, it's like, oh, the secret, the strongest was actually Z block at the end. <laughs> and then there's like the old, like they have to, they have to like get the last generation out from like cryo freeze. And then it's like working your way from like, okay, we fought the commander of B of F block. And then like seeing the guy from A block in the future and you go, well, this fight was hard. But that guy's A block. He's the top for a reason. And it builds, at least for me, it builds this very clear, ordered anticipation for a more intense altercation or like something. It's going to be more. You know, I'm being yeah. promised. I'm by the structure of what it is, I'm being promised more down the line. I think if it was 
just in storytelling, I you know you could give that a pass because it is a good way to like you said you build the anticipation, you you can set something up for like a clear goal. Um, it it can it can work well in a story. It if it can. wasn't such an ingrained part of society, well, because I feel like uh, you know the whole world was set up that way at one point. You know you've got kings and queens and the nobility and like the aristocracy, and then you got the uh, the commoners and then the peasants and serfs and you know however that works, but like the rest of the world for the most part, except in a few places like Japan, left that all behind. Even places that still have like a king and a queen, it's like okay, yeah, so you're like supposed to show system. reverence and everything, but like nobody's gonna get in trouble if they're like, "Yo, what's up, king?" Well, <laughs> I, I want to be clear. I don't think it's a bad thing to respect one's elders. I I, I do think. Some level of hierarchy is appropriate, but I would actually push back and say, like, not that it's a bad storytelling device, because I'm sure we could both agree that there are times where it has been very effective and very good at suspense building. But we can probably also agree there are times when it has been extremely lazy and telling and not showing because the author doesn't really care to think about an interesting way to establish that a powerful person is powerful or an interesting way to establish that a milestone has been hit. I think I'm just a baby that I like, especially I don't know (laughs) if I have this in any other medium that just in anime and manga, I just love being told, yo, this guy coming up, he's the real, like there's just, I don't know why I just love having that and just setting it up. And it's like, it's, it's kind of wrestling in its purest form. It's like, okay, this guy beat up all these guys. Now you got to fight him. But I would want to see him beat them up or or hear somebody talk about but having But you can do that, it. but then you like you put it over. Like it's the extra, it's the you gotta see it and then you get that extra little zest of like this guy's the number he was the number one fighter at his school before he came over here and you do the shot of that. But if it's just him fighting everybody and then you get told he like there's just something about the freaking number one, what is it, Ichiban number one? Ichiban, yeah. Ichiban <laughs> Psycho. When you hear that and it's like, Oh man, he was the top he was the big fish in this situation. But typically in real life and i think in most storytelling you're impressed because someone whose opinion you respect is impressed not yes. not because in this case the governing reality. board issued the well, this isn't a, this isn't a government <laughs> board necessarily this is the reality that gave them the the moniker of number one this is this is more than just a trusted official this is the universe they have been declared it's it's the same um unless it's a sports manga i find it a little not not like game breaking this this wouldn't ruin a manga for me but i find it a little silly sometimes when the goal is to get to rank 2 when that that seems like a very i i mean it's fine if life is defined in a competition like that but when you're talking about midoriya you know i he didn't need anyone's permission to be a hero. I just keep going back to that. Like, and maybe part of that story is them because he thinks breaking if, that system a little bit. I feel like that was what, I mean, a different related story we were saying earlier. is like Vigilantes is kind of a story about where the system fails in that regard. And I, and I think that's interesting. That. I respect Vigilantes for that. But like what I see often in things like My Hero where the theme really wants to be you know, true heroes don't wait for permission. True heroes just act when they see somebody in need. And Midoriya always has these moments of stress where it's like, oh, if I don't pass this exam, then I can't be a hero. And it's like, 
we never see him not pass the exam and still be a hero. So there's no stakes to the stakes go nowhere in this case. Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, what I'm saying is it it means that the the author isn't interested in in, in examining that part of it. He imagines that there would be a, a rigid hierarchy and it's almost like an endorsement of it in that Midoriya does have to get that to be a hero. He like a good hero would follow the rules. Can you think of any series that, that do explore that? I mean, Vigilantes might be that. Vigilantes is probably. And it, that's it written is. by in, a different that, person, right? In that context, I believe so, yes. Yeah, so that could and very well finished. be that. Is the, is the, we didn't say that before. That other author was like, hey, you're not addressing this, and I think it should be addressed. And I don't think, I don't think, I mean, this is its own little topic in itself. I don't think just because they're in a school system that they, I don't think everything that's writing about something needs to address everything that it brings up. No. And I obviously think that's I'm, silly. I really like my hero. Um, and, you know, as But a, I think it is interesting to explore those things. Sorry. As another example, Akan Banashi, like, they're not questioning the ranking thing at all. Because it's been she's around like, forever. She's like, I'm going into this system and I'm going to, like, work my way to the top. I'm going to prove you wrong because it's important to prove you wrong. Right. Because you're an elder whose opinion, I need to change your mind. And that doesn't. That's not, not your system matter. broke my dad, so <laughs> I, I will go through the system. Right. I have to fix the, the system. The thing is, yeah. I don't think that's detrimental to the story. Akana Banashi is excellent. Um, but th- it is an interesting thing to think about that they're not examining why this is a problem in the first place. No, and I, I think they... Although it's still early. It could they? be a cultural yeah. blind spot where they, they really do just think, like, that's the moral way to do it. Like... If he did not get the approval of his seniors, he should stop. Mm. He would be, he would cross the line into being a morally bad person <laughs> if he continued to try to perform Rakugo underground. <laughs> Whereas in, in America, I think we would celebrate that. We, we, yeah. we like a rebel. We like a rebel. We like an underdog. We like somebody sticking it to the man to do their art. Unfortunately, I don't think we have any Japanese listeners, so they're not going to get this message. <laughs> well, and if I'm they're not, listening to this, they're good. I'm sure. Like I fine. said, I'm not trying to change Japan, and if I'd been raised in Japan, maybe I would not think it's such a big deal. But that would annoy me to no end. If if some old guy who I didn't even like or talk to that much all of a sudden told me my uh, like I don't know my my programming was crap, I'm not just going to quit my entire career. I'm I'm just and that has happened many times. <laughs> That's the other thing in my life. Do you know how yeah, many but times the, somebody but the guy the guy who said your programming was crap was not your university professor that gave you the degree that allowed you to get those jobs for them to those people to tell you that you were crap. Yeah, but I've had plenty of professors that didn't like me and stuff like that. I I I've, I've it wouldn't stop me and I I think it shouldn't have stopped him. I and that bothers me about Akane Banashi and obviously it bothers Akane and I like Akane's journey, but... And I think in that case, especially because everybody was like, why did he do that? It wasn't like, oh, obviously he's not good enough. It was it was a surprise to everyone. This doesn't make any sense. But you still have to listen. You can't go to a different school. Not or, one person but, encourages him to keep going. Right. No, it's just, that's it's what over. I have a well, his with. wife probably did. But. Well, but like his teacher who, who believed in him and, and took him all this way, all, this guy says no, and you're like... Oh, well, you're dead to me. Right. 
<laughs> I didn't want you to be dead to me, but that old guy spoke, so <laughs> all my human emotions are overridden. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I just, I think, we, I mean, we set this up at the top that we're kind of at opposite ends of it in media. It's just like, I'm just a, I will just take, just take heed of just the, okay, here's the situation being presented to me. I will accept it as this is the situation, unless they want to poke at it. I like your it, your your viewpoint is valid. I just my brain is just like it loves it loves the structure. It loves those 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 things and a hierarchy to work up and concrete you well, know and goals and whatnot. And when they bake it into the story, like when there's a reasoning, when they explain the reasoning behind the ranking and the logic behind the tests, I think it means a lot more. And I think it it gets you more immersed in the world. If they can explain how this system came into existence and why it persists, I think it is a good storytelling device that shouldn't be just thrown out. But like with Isekai, I think sometimes it's just a shortcut to get to the, the fighty bits. We're not, we're not at that uh, section or the part I want to, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to segue a... into it, but I'm just saying like, if I tell you somebody's yeah. S rank, I just told you they're the best. Well, with this whole like school and ranking system, like it's a storytelling thing to get a bunch of strong people together all at once. I was thinking like that, like my hero, Naruto, of what we've little bit we've seen at least at the beginning part of like Hunter X Hunter, where it's just like, here is a reason you have to get your hunter's license. Here's a reason to get a bunch of powerful people around to have situations with. You know, Naruto like, Jojo doesn't really have that. There is little to no hierarchy in that's, Jojo that's things, true. and they kind of it's got its own flavor to it, but there's never a moment where like, oh my gosh, there's a big stand fighting tournament. Like that never happens. (laughs) They just kind of, there's the kind of built-in universe of it that they bump into each other, but there's no like, this is the number one stand user. It's like, (laughs) they build an end boss, but that's just, that's any storytelling. Um, I think Naruto is an interesting example because you brought that up and they do have that hierarchy that you have to take tests for, but because that structure is more militaristic. Mm-hmm. I think it makes more sense. Yeah, I think it's what, you have to get those building. rankings to do particular missions of a particular level. Right. Except those are bunk because the first one they go on is way too high level right. for them, but they do it anyways because it's an anime. Well, they didn't know it was too high level. They got that's what I'm saying. To. Well, and even my <laughs> hero, I think, puts it in like when they have to get their licensing test, there's there's multiple layers to the test, and it's not just about fighting. They have to rescue people. They have to make sure they're well taken care of, and they have to use some soft skills that maybe aren't emphasized in their course. And I think that's a good thing to make sure all heroes have, and I think that helps build out the world. I would maybe point to an example where I think it's done poorly in, again, mostly isekais, is maybe this will come up later in the episode, uh, I've been watching Konosuba <laughs> at the insistence of the group. And yes, in Konosuba, they put their thumb on a thing and get told numerically how good they are or whatever. I forget how the test went. I already forget. <laughs> but somebody, it's not important. somebody just punches a ticket and tells them like, yep, you have uh, a stat score of 45, and that means you can be anything in this world you want to be. You have a 12. Storytelling. <laughs> I just I mean I think we come back to my love of progressive fantasy it's just like if I could have a number that I could see go up that I'm like I'm <laughs> jogging every morning besides my like mile time going down that I could like actively level it up and that would stick with me like I've got video game you know goo brain like I'd be about that I think that's also why I like the structure of those clear steps is that I can make clear 
steps at getting better at something and instead of this sort of like wishy-washy in life thing of like yeah i've been working at this and like i'm better but not in a way that i could literally hold in my hand of here is a thing here's a physical object that says i have this level of aptitude in it that i worked for this and my brain is likes that (laughs) likes that a lot i guess and that extends the storytelling but i think in storytelling if you use the example of running a good way to show running progression might be like the Rocky montage where Rocky runs up the stairs and he's dead. And he runs up the stairs the next day and he's doing a little better. And then by the end of the montage, he's running with a whole crowd behind him and he's doing like his little dance at the top of the stairs. He's got, he could go another mile. You've seen Rocky improve at running it would be less emotionally impactful if Rocky went for the same animation and then at the end you saw a number and then a bigger number and then a bigger number, which is what I feel like happens some of the time, not in everything. Yeah. True. I feel like, I feel like there's two sides to this because there's, there's the one side that Andrew's alluding to, with your power progression and i think you know maybe the accountant levels is sort of like this where it's like okay i'm studying hard i'm going to get this certification that's going to show that like i've reached this level and i have this power and then there's the other side which is the this guy's really old so he gets to be this level it's more just as like when i'm watching a character go through something i i just want the author to make the case of what this means to the character and not just rely on the shorthand of, I know you play video games. Mm. Let me, rather than like figuring out a way to make this a human story. It's the Dragon Ball Z power levels. Yeah. <laughs> and power levels are terrible. And it, oh, yeah, they're, they're terrible for story, <laughs> but there is, there is something there's, there's something not even just about power levels. It's like it's rankings. And even more, I think for my goblin brain, it's numbers. <laughs> I love I love numbers and stuff you know, as a way of displaying things. Even though in life I don't really give credence to anything, but when it's a story, I can accept that those numbers are an absolute truth. I think, And it- sometimes that comes to power levels or skills. Sometimes that is just like organizations. I'm such a sucker for like, oh, the number, you know, you're dealing with the fifth level of C, or you're like, you're dealing with CP5 and one piece, but then you got to <laughs> deal with CP1. But then there's the secret black ops CP0. And it's like, whoa, like, I know that's simple, but like, my I'm problem, just such a sucker for that. My problem with power levels in Dragon Ball Z would be if you want power levels to be good storytelling, I need to know what one power unit means. They did that, though. There was a farmer out on his farm. Who had a power level of six. Okay, and then this is one rat. They, they give me different people, but like. What does that actually mean? Oh, it's is, meaningless. I is, don't like power levels in Dragon I will actively yeah. say, I don't like power levels in Dragon Ball Z. Dragon why Ball they Z, threw those uh, out immediately. Yeah, well, and it, it cripples the story. Determines his power ranking in the same way it's... Uh, I did a whole... Well, did I ever actually do that panel? I don't think I actually ever did that panel uh, about pro wrestling, where like anime's big for it, but Dragon Ball Z specifically, it's going, okay, here's this tough guy. He can beat these smaller guys, but he can't beat this bigger guy, the stronger guy. And that's how you get like a pecking order. That's how you get Piccolo, who is the job guy to the stars, where it's like, okay, Piccolo knows what he's doing, or I guess Vegeta, but when the big bad comes in, he's going to lose to show how powerful the big bad is. And mm-hmm. that is 
pro wrestling yeah. storytelling, which is also a lot of anime storytelling when you you build somebody else up to get beat to show how powerful somebody is. I will and in say, in that case, that's not numbers. That's just the storytelling. I I wish thing. Dragon Ball had never introduced power levels. Yeah, agreed. Because even but then though, we would never have over nine thousand. And true, I know that meme's true. been played out like to death, but like it's been long enough since anybody's referenced it that it's like I've got a soft spot for it. But the thing is, is even though they got rid of them fairly early on, like in the Frieza saga, they sort of just tossed that out the window. People are still obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. There's there, you can go online and find you know there's YouTube videos they do this. There's articles everywhere where where they're like, okay, what actually is uh, Goku uh, Kaioken times two Super Saiyan God Blue? What is his actual power? What level? What was Jackie Chun's <laughs> power level? Well, what was what was Bacterian's power level? I want to know the I want to know the dumb ones. The, the, the early that ones silly. that makes more sense well, they didn't because have power you're levels like that we didn't even have. Because you can sort of go, you know, oh, it's going to be sixty-seven or one hundred and twenty, right? But like when you just the human ones, when you get to where it goes later, right? When you get past the the you know the Frieza levels of stuff, it's like okay, You're this power level number. is two hundred and fifty-five trillion eight hundred, and it's like, what are you doing? This doesn't mean anything storytelling wise. I'm a huge Dragon Ball fan. I was raised on Dragon Ball. I learned how to draw like a Toriyama. I wrote my own little Dragon Ball fanfic comics. I have no idea what it means to be KO Ken times whatever. Because I under I he learns the Kaioken off screen. The Kaioken times two is that like twice as hard on his body? What's happening to his body? Yep. How is the Kaioken multi? Does he just say Kaioken times whatever, or is he doing something? He's like turn I mean I always just took it that he was essentially like turning up his own internal burners. So it's like, I'm stronger, but this is more taxing to use. Whether that actually plays out in the story, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess not, but like, I thought that just, was the idea. Why doesn't he just use that constantly? Because when Saiyans get more damage, they become more powerful. Yeah, but then he would be knocked out. He wouldn't be able to use it all the no, time. No, but he like in training, out. he should just use it constantly. <laughs> yes, correct. You're poking You're poking a plot hole through Dragon Ball Z, a, a thing well, that people have been poking holes uh, okay, in Okay, Akira Tariyama, if you're, if you're listening, you need to retcon this. <laughs> that man didn't even take part in the spirit bomb and <laughs> he doesn't freaking even boo it. in five minutes. He's not going to talk to us. So, like... He's even alive. My, my, my thing is... If you're willing to give a series the benefit of the doubt, like if, if the series happens to scratch your particular itch like Dragon Ball did mine, you'll fill it in in your head and just make honestly a better story than what Akira Toriyama winds up writing oh, every time. <clears throat> and it will... <laughs> but if it if you're not willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, that's, that's just where you're going to shut it off. It's like, this is meaningless. And I can totally see why a whole generation of kids, I've watched this fight play out in, in the comments sections of many a thread of kids who are like, Naruto's better than Dragon Ball Z. Oh, and then people go nuts. But I could totally see why a kid thinks that because I can imagine watching Dragon Ball Z as I watched it one episode at a time after football practice, hoping it was going to be a new episode and not a rerun. Yeah. That knowing that a lot of the episodes are just two guys pushing each other and like not gaining an inch. I'll tell you what, though. I think the power scaling in Dragon Ball makes more sense than in Naruto. <laughs> I mean, I think they make about the same, especially if you... It's all just... I, I like that now I'm just on your side, Ben. Like, when, it comes to, <laughs> like, when it comes to power level numbers, I don't like numbers to capture something like that outside of like stats. 
which I guess what is a power level is, but like rank ranking is my true love. You need to know what the if the rank means something to the character, it will mean something to us. But if the rank is confusing to the character, like in Akane Banashi, it'll be confusing and meaningless to us. So if your character really wants to get the Chunin rank or he really wants to see the number go up and the number goes up, you'll be happy for them. Yeah. But too often it's just like we're doing a video game thing. This is this is where everybody is. Yep. All right. Ben. Sometimes it's lazy. Sometimes I'm. <laughs> sometimes I'm in for it. Sometimes I'm not. There's my. There's my. There's my. Sta- there's my really clear. Definitive well, and I agree statement. with that. We've come to a consensus. We've come to a consensus. <laughs> Dragon Ball Z power levels are stupid. Yes. <laughs> That's what we can agree on. The, the a piece has been found, Brad. Ben really, really wants to talk isekai, so. (laughs) It's the easiest genre to pick on. Well. It does everything wrong. (laughs) I think, you know, we alluded to this already. The, The whole point with isekai in the first place is you get to shortcut into your story. You don't have to explain everything that's going on because... It's easy. Oh, you know about video game systems, uh, RPGs. Oh, you know about uh, Japanese stuff. Well, this character knows Japanese stuff, and they're going to introduce some stuff into this world. Well, guess what? Every single isekai world has nobility. And, oh, they have an adventurer's guild. Uh, And the adventurer's guild, they get ranked from sometimes E, sometimes F, up to A and S rank. And sometimes there's... SS or triple S and it's like okay this is all easy because we do the same thing in every story mm-hmm. so we'll just bypass all of this and now we can get to the actual story but every every like skipped step is a, a missed opportunity for character growth that's not what you're here for Ben you're here for a parent <laughs> so, you're already where you end this is a power fantasy or for so character development just getting, so you you're want, just uh, eating dessert there's no meal <laughs> There's no appetizer, there's no salad, there's not even a main course. You are just eating dessert. So what you're saying is you want some uh, character progression for your isekai protagonist who is thrust into this world as the most powerful person in this world immediately. I like Faraway Paladin because I know <laughs> what his power means to him. I know what he had to do. I, I know he attaches... When he uses his super powerful magic, he remembers his grandfather. When he uses his you know, healing powers, he remembers his mother. When he uses his combat skills, he remembers his father. Yeah, that we got to be there for. We that, got to see this growth. The only benefit he had was that he could remember. He was like fully conscious even when he was a baby because he was reborn into it. So that let him just, he got to use his more adult brain I growing up and could pick up but because we were there for that journey it was meaningful yeah stay tuned for our far away paladin <laughs> episode i don't mind that he's all powerful as long as he I, isn't even he's not well not yeah close he's, he's like far away paladin constantly. is not a yeah it's not a an isekai but it is not the like stereotypical one i think we're ragging on in this video game style but there is video gaminess they, too that where you go in the dungeon he he goes in the dungeon and he fights a he fights a bunch of skeletons and then he fights a super skeleton and it drops a cool spear but he has to take it back to the mage to get it 
whatever the word is. I think if you don't... And, like, that's a video game thing, exactly. I've done that in a video game. If you don't do anything to develop your character, you just drop them in, and they're already all-powerful. That You know, it works for comedy a lot, and I think that's where most of the isekais... It works uh, for escapism. I don't even know if it works for escapism. For You're talking ben. to me. Professor Isekai ben. Sensei Sama. For me. Ben. There you go. There you <laughs> it go. works exactly. for there escapism. <laughs> but like with the Manwa ones, um, where where Fiona Green is all powerful. I have no idea how many people are going to get that reference. I don't know how widespread these things are. Well, I don't that episode didn't come out yet. So. Yeah. Oh, geez. But That's the next one. That so explains why even I don't know. You'll hear more about it later, but... She's an all-powerful mage. You could pretty much... I mean, there's limits on her power, but she's she's pretty much top tier. But that has the... I mean, in most of the Mon are like this. That just has the standard uh, medieval aristocracy stuff. Yeah, and they took their shortcuts, but they built the drama around her friendships and interactions with other people. Right. She's... Yeah, re- there's no mage rankings. Yeah. They just go, holy crap, look what she can do. She's the most powerful. What's they like don't Furin go, is, Furin oh, we're going to give, yeah. Well, but Furin is, Furin is one. There is, is a test. Here is a, yeah, there is a test. That's what they're going to now, but at least in the what's out in book form in America. But like, that's one where it's, here is a rote fantasy world. And then we're actually just going to kind of take time and explore it step by step instead of just 100% hand-waving it. But it is very like, here's this kingdom and all oh, the demons are coming from like, it's literally like there's so many times you see that we have to fight the demon King and the demon King has their officers or whatever they are. And it's all very, again, it's very structured. And I've never cared about, I, I and could it's care the most hand wavy of anything. I could care less what Freerin's magic rank is. Yeah, and 100%. I think Freerin could care less what Freerin's magic rank is. And yeah. that's where I know what it means to Freerin. Absolutely nothing. And that's why it's going to be funny to watch her breeze through it and frustrate all the people to whom oh, it means you quite guys a bit. Are in for such a treat. I think is that the next book? But I it's think also going to be funny. They're about to get there last time. Sorry, the, I'm the way they made <laughs> it. The way they set it up is it's going to be Freerin versus her little student, and that's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, Freerin isn't an isekai, but it's in an isekai world because yeah. it's a very rote. I wish I had another word that was like. This is the besides just saying the very stereotypical rote fantasy world it's, they all seemingly take it's place just in trope template fantasy, but that, like but in a shorter the, form, like we, we could just say isekai yeah. that captures that idea, like it captures As ideas. We, I mean, we've established this time and time again, but the the best isekai are ones that they they get you in. They sometimes use the same tropes and everything, but they move along and get into an interesting story that's beyond that. And I think, you know, I just have to keep coming back to that. The, the, when you do those adventure rankings, F to S, or when you do the uh, aristocracy, it's a, you know, a count and a, and a marquee and a duke and the prince and the king and all that. What you're doing is you're just giving the reader a shortcut and, and saying, you don't, you don't need to worry about all this. You already understand how all these work. And we're going to move up. They're banking on you coming in, which I feel like is a reasonable thing to bank on, that you already have emotional connection context to these ideas from other things you have consumed. And then I don't think that's I think there's something to that because it was like, well, why don't they just actually set it up in story to give you a reason? It's like, well, no, they know that you've done this dance before. So they're just going to go, you've done this dance. Do the steps again. Remember the steps. 
Now we're going in this direction. Yeah. Well, and, and like, why waste so, my time? Why waste my time as the writer and you as the reader <laughs> to do something that you already know what it is to yes, set up a thing exactly. that you already know? I mean, you'd have you'd have so much longer setup for so many of these things if you had to like establish all of these different uh, systems. Well, but then they probably wouldn't all be the same. Like Kermit likes to bake. The ultimate shortcut to baking a cookie is to go buy a box of cookies. Like, well, now I want cookies. <laughs> Why, why are, if you don't want to tell a story, because sometimes you want to eat, like, I mean, yeah. I guess it's the, the I thing is, what do you do with those cookies once you buy them? Like you can, you can, I guess to, I'm going to try to uh, synthesize both what Brad was talking about and what you just said, Ben, to try to find a middle something or other. Cause it's like, it's the idea. It's like, if you take the time to make all the systems, you are baking the cookies and that takes time and effort and gives you more connection to the cookies. But then you can, if I've baked cookies and then buy them. You could buy the dough. But okay, it's like, shortcut. what am right. I doing no, with so, the cookies? Am I just eating them or am I, am I sharing them with people? Like it's that, I feel like that's the next step of what Brad's describing where it's like, you already know the process of baking cookies. Here's the bag of cookies. Now we're going to go use these to make something else or we're going to go I, do something else with that I actually idea. think there's a, a, a little bit deeper here. So what you can do is you can say, okay, so your standard trashy isekai is you go to the store, you buy a box of cookies from Nabisco. Right, yeah. you shovel those in your mouth. Not the chessmen. You know what? I just wanted some cookies. I just needed that escape. I shove those cookies on my mouth. Good job. Okay. <laughs> Good so job. Now I want to like, I want to challenge myself a little bit more. So now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to a bakery and buy <laughs> some uh, cookies that are are fresh baked there. You know, that day or the day before. Oh, and I can taste. Oh, the brown sugar in these is is uh, you know. Uh, more molassesy, and and so you get a different level of that. Take it a step further. You go, okay. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the store. I'm going to buy a box mix. I'm going to bake these cookies myself. Okay. Well, it, you had all your ingredients together, and so there, you got your shortcut there. But you know, you didn't have to worry about a whole lot of it. You just looked at the instructions, you followed those, and then you got something that you actually put some effort into. Go a step further, and I think the best isekai because you are still having that shortcut is you've bought a, a box mix of cookies and you've added chopped up apricots and walnuts mm. and you put your own thing into it. That's, so now that's a, a much more complete, satisfying thing. Brad, I love this metaphor well, so no, much. No, and this is where I was going, but I was thinking about it from the writing perspective. So I was thinking about it, if you're a writer who wants to make everything from scratch, even like the, you want to melt the chocolate into chips. Yeah. You're like a Tolkien constructing a Middle Earth. Yeah. Right. If you just want, wh like, what do you as a writer slash baker get out of the process? What are you trying to focus on? What's the story you want to tell? If you want to, I like everything Tolkien did. I want to play with that with my own characters. That's getting you know your what? box mix or your recipe. You know, Tolkien... I'm pretty sure Tolkien used yeah, uh, chocolate chips from the yeah. from the store, even though he made the rest of the stuff because you know it's got kings and queens and stuff in it. Like he still has his he, hierarchies. He bought in there. the chocolate chips from Beowulf, right. but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I and think, I don't think that detracts in the same way. Like I said, tropes are tropes because they work. Right. I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy a box of um, or a sheet of Oreos or whatever it is. And I'm going to eat that whole thing because I enjoy them. Like <laughs> I that, know it's not good for me. I know I'm not, you know, 
stimulating my body in any way by doing this. Or your but brain by baking them yourself. I wanted my make, escape, yeah. and I got it. And you know what? Well, and it's like, what? <laughs> what is the uh, the writer's mindset of the person who who does the equivalent of buying the cookies? It's it's like, I just want. I, I just want him to wear a different shirt. I just want my OC in that exact same story. Well, you know, I feel like some of it's that, and I, some some of it I think Brad has said is that we're gonna we're hand waving all this stuff that you already know to get to where I want to go, but we can't get there without this setup. And I I'm not interested in this setup. You know, you so want to be bank, different. I'm going here. Are the here are the tropes you know. Here are the basic building blocks. We need this, but I'm not interested in this part. But I need this to build the thing that I the, to tell the story that I want to tell. Whether that works out well or not, I don't know. I'm not Professor Usakai Sensei Sama, but that's my feeling on it. And what he is describing is that it's it's a lot of just you've done this before to actually get where we want to go or tell the flavor of this version of the story that I want to tell. That's you know? the thing, though, is I can go to the store and I can stand in that cookie aisle and I can go, OK, there are 14 different flavors of Oreos. OK, but there's also there's some Hydrox over there. Deep cut. And mm-hmm. guess what? It's Newman's Newman's own makes Newman uh, sandwich cookies as well. And they have four different flavors. And so I can get a variety of things that are basically the exact same thing. Leave a comment. If you made it through this episode without getting a cookie, <laughs> oh, I have cookies. <laughs> so I don't, those things existing. I don't mind that it, they exist. It's, it's there for a reason. Maybe not all of them, you know, maybe, the the off brand you know the store brand of Oreos doesn't need to exist, but someone is consuming that and enjoying it, and good for them. Oh, I, I don't mind that. And that exists. person is me. <laughs> to this to this day, I will I will talk about my love for the My Immortal Harry Potter fanfic, where a goth girl goes to Hogwarts and has a has a. Th- weird polyamorous relationship with Draco and Harry. That sounds you like just she talked went about to, this. That on, sounds like she went to the bakery the and got some pre-made <laughs> dough and then just threw some weird stuff in it anyways. So some of it was already pre-baked and pre-prepped, but some what of it was this not. this cookie taste like weed? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 this, this I think having, I'm loving it. I think Isakai's having those structures in place to, to have a shortcut allows the the genre or you know the the fantasy genre to be more prolific you wouldn't have as much choice in your your fantasy stories if you didn't have those shortcuts that the authors could take because not every author can be a Tolkien who writes a language before he writes a book. <laughs> Not everybody can sand down all the corners and make all this ornate furniture. Some people just want to jump to other things. Yeah, sometimes you got to buy an Ikea flat pack. (laughs) I mean, certainly there would be less, but I don't know. I mean, for you, that would be the ultimate tragedy. But yeah. I only read a handful of them. <laughs> you don't even so need yeah, far. This man eats all the cookies, and you don't need to eat all the cookies, Ben. You could make your cookies. You don't need to. Have to you don't even need to eat them in the first place. See, like, I went to the store and I tried all the cookies, and then I was like, Ben, here, try these specific cookies. I think you'll like. You're, them. you're the guy who can tell the difference between like Pepsi, Royal Crown, and Coca Cola. Don't even. I mean, I feel like I could do that anyways. I don't think I need to be an expert on cookies to do that in this metaphor. Royal Crown shouldn't exist, Mister Pib. 
Mr. Pibb's okay. I just Mr. wanted to Pibb say Mr. Pibb because it's it's a soda name that I never see anywhere and it brings me joy. I don't want to be Mr. Pibb. I want to be Dr. Pepper. I do find it interesting because there's the whole thing about, you know, kings and nobles and stuff. I, I would think that you could do an isekai that doesn't have that. Like, why do these worlds require nobility a lot of times an isekai will have you know the, I, I think the adventure ranking system makes sense but then every single one also has king, kings queen, and queens and nobility. dragons and demon kings why and don't we like, go to roman times why don't we go to viking land why don't we go to wild west town why don't we go to like the jung like there's so there's nothing about the va- the basic concept of an isekai that means it has to go to a fantasy medieval right. realm that has magic or not. And yet that's seemingly the vast majority of them that the few times it's not are like the ones where I'm like, tell me about those isekai sensei-sama. I want to know like, about those. It's almost like an author has to put their protagonist in a situation that is almost completely opposite to the one they came from. But you, there's so many other settings to do that in, though. I mean... You yeah. have to establish. That. You could go to Samurai Times. I know they're tired of Samurai Times, but like that'd be that genuinely I don't be different know. at this point. I think that's probably still too similar for a Japanese protagonist. I think the answer to this question, in reality, is most of the RPGs that inspire the systems that are the shortcut are based on Dungeons and Dragons, which is a fantasy setting. Yeah. And that's why my favorite NES RPG is Earthbound, and other people are cowards. <laughs> so, is it just because it's Dragon the, Warrior, the or Dragon classic, Quest. it's Dragon Quest fantasy yes. stuff has nobility, a, a noble system in yes. it? That that that's where that came from. It's just Dragon Quest. They literally had to like change holidays around when Dragon Quest came out. <laughs> it is an institution. I think they associate it. With because you could keep the systems and throw out the nobility, but I do think they associate the systems with the nobility somewhat, like right because their concept of like priests, yeah, religion is we, almost we had an off microphone talk about yeah. this where it's like, isn't it weird that they have like priests and bishops, but it's like they don't really have any concept of like Christianity, it's just the trappings without anything else, yeah, like the D paladin, yeah. and cleric are like more almost pagan or, or do Japanese people even know D and D or is it literally just from they through the, things that D and D has inspired D- is D and D is Dungeons and Dragons a thing people play in Japan that aren't just Westerners. So this, this bleeds into another episode topic we'll do in the future, but D and D first edition had a huge impact on Japan. And you can see that per, most, most obviously in orcs because we can't, oh, we can't go into this. yeah they have a whole episode yeah they're yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's why the orcs look like pigs right in a lot of these okay. stay tuned Save, for that yeah, episode. that's a future episode when we get really <laughs> deep into all that fantasy stuff so but i think for most of the kids writing isekais they're probably drawing from their dragon quests their final or fantasies. other isekai they've read yeah. like this might be like this is this is the telephone game of culture through the ages and generations but i think the the final fantasies the dragon quests they go back to D first edition yeah again also why i like one of my favorite modern games um yakuza like a dragon which is a modern real life rpg based on the ideas and trappings of dragon quest but set in a modern city, and I love it. 
I can't think of any off the top of my head that don't have some kind of medieval fantasy setting. Reincarnated as the head of a Yakuza family. I do read one about a girl who plays this uh, Otomo game that's about Yakuza, like the the sons of the the head boss, and and then um, gets caught up in real life with the Yakuza and like becomes a bride candidate for the the three or four sons. <laughs> yeah, you know, there is a deeper question of why the Otome stuff gets like into the fantasy thing as well because they're not using I think this is an easy one. They're not even beholden to it. Because the 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 whole the traditional uh fantasy of young girls is oh I want to be a princess. Right, but, which is I don't think a power thing. And I don't think Cinderella that's and that. real anymore. I guess no. I blame well, that on not Disney, that we're, not in a way that we were aware of. Right, but I, all of the stories very much cling to that because, like, oh, the villainess is going, and uh, she was engaged to the prince, and then the prince was like, "We're not engaged anymore." It's right, all you bully this it's girl, structure, right? It's structures and paths for for <laughs> love and connection. Yeah, because and they can't happen willy nilly. Just... They have to happen along the lines that have been. Put forth in the system that we have created. I just can't get enough of it, though. Like they're bedtime to, stories to, for you. To, I don't <laughs> have time as you're falling asleep to to build a story. So I've, there once was a prince who lived in a castle. <laughs> no, but no, the stuff. Can we that... recreate the opening shot of Princess Bride with like Brad all tucked in and Ben reading him a story? <laughs> the 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 thing that I can't get enough of is like, oh, the villainess gets condemned, and then she goes back in time and gets her revenge. Like that's candy to me Uran no sponsor de We've all been there. One minute you're a modern woman obsessed with a romance novel. The next minute you're inside the novel. You know how the novel is supposed to end. You know that you've been reincarnated as the villainous, and you know that your best chance for survival is to quietly fade into the background. But lately, things don't feel right. You catch the male lead looking at you all the time. At first he looked away, embarrassed. Now he holds your gaze as if trying to communicate a deep personal truth. You think it's probably nothing. Maybe there was something on your face. Maybe he was lost in thought. Maybe you remind him of the female lead. You can't wait to see how happy she'll make him. These thoughts could be a symptom of a serious medical condition affecting one in five women who have been reincarnated as a villainess. Dense female lead syndrome, or DFLS, occurs when the plot of a romance novel becomes lodged in the brain. If left untreated, this condition could result in a lack of situational awareness, audience frustration, and even unrequited love. Prescription Strength Wake Up Call works to dissolve the pre-existing plot and open the mind to the possibility that these are real people in an entirely different world. Let him love you for Christ's sake. You're perfect together. Ask your doctor if Wake Up Call may be right for you. So thanks to our sponsor this time. Um, we really appreciate the sponsorships. So hopefully we can keep getting those. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I hear some paper. Did we get another? 
Yeah, we got a uh, we, we got another uh, letter from Truckstan in the mailbag. All right, would you uh, so, would you do us the honors? I'm curious how this one is going to go because remember the last time, like some of it was redacted before oh, it got right. here, and that was really oh, <laughs> and I spooky. I, I I said please don't send us confidential information. I really hope there's nothing redacted in this one. I hope he listened. I don't I don't know. Like I said, I don't I don't read these really ahead of time. I just saw that from the last time, so we're kind of delving into this at the same time. You don't see so. anything uh redacted there? Uh no, this one actually looks clean. Okay, good. Okay. The organization hasn't got their hands on it. Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> just, they, I don't they think cleared I don't all think there's it. anything <laughs> suspect in here. Well, I mean, I guess I don't know. We're, we'll have to read it then. So, okay, let me let me get the voice on. I'm walking here. Sorry, that's my like my activation word. Dear, that time I got reincarnated in the same world as an anime podcaster host, Brad, Ben, and Kermit. Here it is. My third letter. The magic number, some would say. I apologize for the redaction's last letter. Seems that the organization has caught wind of both my letters and your podcast. But I'm sure nothing dangerous or life-threatening will come of it. I mean, we're just as Ibatsu, hell-bent on killing lonely weirdos, usually through the sacred art form of vehicular manslaughter. Not sure why you would think a shadowy cabal like that would jump to extreme measures, dealing with things they don't like, but I digress. Today, I wanted to tell you about my early days on the job. I haven't always been a truck son, you know. I used to be on the body disposal unit. Just because their spirit goes on to another world doesn't mean their physical body does too. Someone has to clean up the cup ramen filled guts and other nerd viscera from the streets and train tracks of Tokyo. See, these are the shortcuts I don't want them to take anymore. I mean, sometimes you just find somebody in the middle of their journey. I feel like that's where we found trucks on here. I had to work my way up through the ranks. They don't just give anyone a trucks on license to drive or kill for that matter. You should have seen me at my driving exam, taking place in a death game style competition against the other would be drivers, all vying for the coveted cushy seat of that hunk of steel we call the Reaper Mobile. I'm not particularly sure why we all needed to be put in such danger to stab the chance at one of the safest jobs in Japan. But I'm not the boss, and I don't decide the rules. Management really doesn't like it when I ask questions of them. Really, any curiosity in general is frowned upon. I'm vying for a promotion to that goddess that gives you your isekai powers position in a few years, and don't want to screw that up. Who knows? Maybe your favorite truck son will be a kami-san after a while. A man can dream. Your favorite driver, truck son. <laughs> I need well, a I need a picture of Goddess Trucksan. <laughs> uh, we uh, can we get some fan art of that, please. We just need. Pic- well, I don't even know. I don't even know if we want art of Trucksan drawn. I don't know if that would. That well, would I mean, nobody something. knows. Nobody knows what he actually looks. True, like. True. I guess so they could just, they could make it up, yeah. but I'm I'm sure wherever it gets put up, he'll be able to see it. Well, so thanks Trucksan for that. Um, thank you for not giving out any confidential information. We do not want to be visited by the organization. I feel like it's, it, well, it's 100% confirmed now that they're listening to the podcast and checking these letters. Oh, certainly. Um, but I will say it is interesting. I mean, as we know, I have some foreknowledge of this, but that uh, even in an organization like that, we have to deal with hierarchies. Yeah, I mean, we heard that he started. He, he had to work his way up to the truck, and he's he's looking even higher than then. And how, how many I, ranks are below Sensei Sama? <laughs> I must. I'm not part of the organization. <laughs> well, then I, we're it's all a hierarchy <laughs> that he doesn't know about. Hey, I'm American. I gave myself <laughs> that Ameri- title. <laughs> I'm an American. Um, one's more American than Truckson. <laughs> Truckson's the most. Well, I don't know what he was. He that got redacted. Well. Whatever he, could be. he was, I don't know. I'm assuming he went to Japan, and so he has to deal with that. I will say, we just know he's not Japanese, I, and he's in Japan now. And I just got to be very clear about this: 
I think it's great that the organization has hierarchies and levels. That's a very good thing. (laughs) Yes, we can make exceptions for the organization. All right, well, so today we've got a a very special recommendation for everybody. Uh, This is a series we've been reading for quite a while now. A couple years now, Um, I think. I want to say it's one of the first ones that we all started reading together. Yes, when we got Um, into reading what was going on in in Jump. Yeah, and that series is called Sakamoto Sakamoto Days. So Sakamoto Days follows an ex-assassin. Who has, who was basically the best assassin in Japan? The num- he was the Ichiban, and I think he retired and opened up a convenience he store. He retired to marry the woman that he loved because she was like, right. "I don't want you doing this anymore." So we catch up with him many years later. He has a what I think eight-year-old daughter or something like that, mm-hmm. maybe younger. But um, you know, he's living a happy life with his daughter and his wife running this convenience store, and he has gained an immense amount of weight. Not that much. (laughs) (laughs) So as we go through the series, he gets into all kinds of different hijinks. It is ostensibly a comedy, but I would say that there's a lot of drama underlying it. And moments of horror? Yeah. But not all the time. What we find is that this uh, assassin organization in Japan is gigantic and very powerful and they sort of just do whatever, you know. It it is an organization, they take jobs and, and you there know, is deal a with schooling things, system and a hierarchy and ranking and certifications and all that stuff. And the central protagonist is against all of that. It's actually Ben in disguise. I was just, everybody's looking at me. <laughs> did you say protagonist? Did you mean antagonist? Did I say? You said protagonist. Well, I think he's the protagonist. Okay, first off, his ponytail's not stupid. I gotta say. Are you talking, I, wait, are you, you're saying Sakamoto is against that? No. Okay. Slur. Okay, then, that, sorry. That's I the was antagonist. Conf- that's the antagonist. Except I think he's the protagonist because I agree with him. That's not how protagonist and antagonist work. Ben, back me up on this. You're a book guy. That's not how that works. Hey, bookman. That is not how it works. It's not about who you agree with or who is right or I wrong. It is who is the main character. That who, Voldemort and the character who is, is the protagonist. <laughs> no, because the, the book doesn't screw the wizarding Voldemort. world. That's not how a prota- we don't need wizarding hierarchies. <laughs> He's still the antagonist. <laughs> he, he, the he, muggles he, suck. Wizards should rule. The antagonist drives the plot. The antagonist <laughs> is the one working against the person the story is following. The story is following Harry Potter. Even if you disagree with his actions, he's the protagonist. How you feel about him doesn't factor into him being the protagonist or not. Uh, Jesus, Brad. I thought you were Professor Isekai Sensei-sama. It's clearly, not an Isekai. Clearly some... it doesn't extend anywhere outside of... <laughs> Take some of these free samples of wake-up call we got. <laughs> <laughs> Get it together! <laughs> Why does this taste like strawberries? Because <laughs> it's the good shit. Okay, so like back on Sakamoto days. So yeah, he's he's getting along. Um, a lot of the comedy is derived from the fact that he cannot kill or really harm people entirely. So like, oh, he you get hurts a lot of, people plenty. Oh, he hurts people. But his wife is like, you can't way. kill anyone else. You can't kill anybody, but you and get he him loves like her, so using he like simple everyday things. 
to just wreck dudes and there's a certain joy in that it reminds me of one of the things that i love about the punisher where it's just one man just with his expertise clowning a bunch of other people <laughs> i mean in the punisher's case he's murdering them but in this case it's like i can remember him like being on a bus and having to fight a bunch of dudes on a bus or getting into other situations and um a lot of the fun derives from the fact that very early on he picks up what we would potentially call a protege. Uh, and also kind of more of the protagonist than him sometimes. Yeah, to an extent. And and this is a, a young kid who is also working as an assassin. Um, I believe he initially is going to... He's going after Sakamoto because there's a huge bounty on Sakamoto's head. Yeah, because um, he left mysteriously and they're like, we can't have you around. And this kid is like, I'm going to be the freaking best assassin because guess what? I'm a telepath. I can hear people's thoughts so I can like predict people's movements and all this stuff. And he is. He's very good. But he goes up against Sakamoto who just absolutely schools him and then is like, hey, I like you. Let's keep doing this. And he starts working at the convenience store. Yeah. There's a very... I mean, there's a bunch of stories that do the uh, we fight and become friends, but just... And it's look and how it goes about things. It reminds me a lot of like original Dragon Ball. Uh, yeah, it's, it's got a certain. It's got a. It's both fighty and goofy. It's very um, Toriyama in his comedy days. Yeah. Yeah, but it feels fresh. It doesn't feel like it feels like a throwback, but it doesn't feel like it's aged. Yeah. If that makes sense, I don't One know how to put it exactly. That it does really well. That I like because uh, I'm I'm almost never really that big on the art of any one series. I'm much more about the the story and really bad art can take me out of it. But for the most part, I don't care, but the, Shove it in there. <laughs> the art in Sakamoto days is really interesting because it's, it's got a very sketched style, but it's still done really, really well. It can be cartoony at times. And then it can be like Uber detailed to like really make a point. It yeah, can be like the deer it head can be guy. Comical. I was going to talk about that. <laughs> I, I am such a sucker for man in suit, but his head is just a deer head, but you learn that it is a mask. And I just, anytime that guy's around, I'm like, this guy rules, <laughs> even though he's kind of the worst. But like, he's not the worst. There's much worse people than that. But it's like, it's very much a, at certain points where it's just, here are some really bad people. Here's situations. Again, it's actually very good. Remains very Punisher like that. Here are some really bad, scary people who are causing problems. And then Sakamoto and his team of friendos that he makes over time goes and takes them down and sometimes they are just dealt with sometimes they die via other means sometimes they join the party like the uh, sniper guy with his bird and the the chinese girl who does drunken um, fist stuff and um the her her bodyguard thing from the chinese mafia that she was in he's like we haven't been paying native american or something i don't remember um but it's very he goes away pretty quick it kind of like it it grows and it's interesting and it has different, like it's interesting to go like there are four major serial killers just roving around the town that him and the other people from the organization have to find and take out. And then like, okay, we need to go to get into the school to do that. We need to take an entrance exam. Uh, you have to have a giant battle royal fight on a plane. <laughs> and there's like a man who wants to make movies out of everything. Who's like one of the, like, and it's, it is both wacky and, violent like it's very, very all over very the place violent. but it just works there was a character recently who i hope you get to see again who was like oh here's one of the guys that like got to skip the first part of the exam and brought in and he's got like a winter hat on and he doesn't talk much and they're like oh gosh what's his deal and then it's like oh he doesn't talk much because he has social anxiety 
and they help him get through that. And they, but he, like from that, he's like a really good listener. And it was like, wow, this was like kind of actually like done in a way that was kind of relatable. And it was just like reading his thoughts, like, oh, yeah, you can read my like. I don't know. It was it's it's funny. It's action packed. It is heartwarming at times. It is scary and like violent, un- unexpectedly violent at times. But in a way that it just. It's it just this kind of one yeah. cohesive piece. It works I really think, well. I think it's very well executed. Um, and so just to jump back real quick, uh, we're, I touched briefly on the antagonist uh, <laughs> who's named Slur. That's the organization, um, I believe. Hmm? I think the organization is called Slur, is it not? Maybe. I forget his name then. Anyway, so he was uh, one of Sakamoto's classmates back in the day. Uh, and I think there was like four or five of them that were like close to each other. But basically, his deal is we shouldn't have an assassin organization and we shouldn't have an assassination school that people then graduate into the organization with. I'm going to dismantle all of that. Assassins should be independent. And Free market. You know what? I I agree with him. I I think that there are times and places for, you know, licenses and regulation and all that, but but not on my not, killer, not assassination. What's the procedure no. when two people hire the the guild to assassinate each other? You kill both of them. Who pays you? They both do. You get paid up front. I don't know. Yeah, that seems like a liability. Half. Well, there you go. I, I think I think there'd be divided loyalties. I have a confession. I haven't read nearly as much of Sucker. Yeah, you, you, got, you fell behind on this, but you've been busy with other things. But, but I will say, my um, I think my wife has been pushing me to catch up on Sakamoto Days. She got into it. <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm. I it hasn't really like taken off fully yet, but it's been running for a couple of years now, which means it survived multiple Shonen Jump reapings. And I yeah. would say, as somebody who's pretty much caught up to it, it's still doing really well. I believe the physical. Um, was it Tokobons? Is that what Tank- they're called? Tankobon. Tankobon. I think like the second one just came out. Like I forget that some of these ones we've been reading for a while haven't been coming out in book form, which like that's a whole episode to try to figure out what determines that because like Spy Family has less chapters than Sakamoto Days, but like almost all of it is out in book form, and Sakamoto also Days has, has way more chapters and like bo- only book two has come out now, which I'm hoping means once it starts coming out physically that more people will become aware of it but i don't know like hopefully also from us like go go read it we always talk up the jump site it's like two bucks a month you can read all of it plus everything else um if you're into buying physical manga go out to your bookstore go buy it there like it's a good time and it only gets better as it finds more and more of its rhythm yeah and you know it does a really good job it's it's nice and tight each chapter gives you something you're generally not like oh that was just a filler chapter let's move on each each time it comes out and i think it's pretty consistently every week um i think so you know, yeah you get you get a piece you will that constantly is be given a bunch of weirdos which as yeah. i think we've already discussed i one thing anime and manga gives me is it just a cavalcade of weirdos the lady who has a briefcase that is just like a giant uh, circular saw that she swings around. She's pretty awesome. <laughs> there so, was, there, oh, sorry, you go, Ben. No, I was going to say, I have a question. Maybe this is a, a question that would help the listeners. Cause okay. I, I am not as caught up as you guys. So the, the first few chapters were mostly comedy. Now, you yeah, guys are I mean, making it sound like it got much more serious. There's, I mean, there's Sometimes, comedy. Sometimes, yes, there's constantly. still comedy. It bounces, it, but it bounces around. And anytime Sakamoto's around, it's almost 
comedy all the time because even though he's like taking people out, he's this big fat guy he's bouncing a big fat around guy using like a pencil Again, or like here's like a funny thing that I found. He's that gained I'm using. a little weight. His ponytail's pretty cool. I, I think you guys are being a little ben, too hard. Ben, you're not as fat as him. It's okay. <laughs> but I would like to. When he gets thin when he gets really into it. And he has to burn off all of his, his but, steam power and he looks like what he was like a couple decades ago. And then so one of the things that I think slowed me down on on this was um, I was kind of getting into it because it was one of the first things I think we were also big into one punch man at the time and one punch man for me very quickly became the thing it was parodying. Well, what you guys didn't read the one punch man manga though. No, no we, but we, we saw I mean, season the, the two where oh, it became, yeah, right, right, where right. we experienced it becoming yes. the thing. That's yeah. We talked does, about that. Does that happen with Sakamoto? No, days? no, I would never say Sakamoto days is fully a parody. Even yeah. I in think the way that's that one the punch important man thing. is because one it's punch a genuine man take on what it's doing. Yeah. Especially early one punch man. wears the fact that it's a parody on its sleeve? Maybe more like a mob psycho with the psychics kind of thing where it's, it's funny, but it's, it's doing its own Sakamoto thing. Days, I, like I would say, is funnier than Mob. But I feel like that's the closest, that's a closer thing to point yeah, it to. Because it's it not like is. full-blown like a Chainsaw Man or something. Like, it's not that far. It, it definitely is, it does a balance where, so maybe comparing it, it on its comedy side to like Spy Family, it's not as much of a comedy as Spy Family. Because it has moments of, like, again, genuine horror when you have a bunch of serial right. killers running on, and one of them is literally just, I squish people down into cubes. <laughs> and the, like, genuine disgust and horror that comes from that. And you're like, wow, I really want to see Sakamoto or somebody else beat this guy. This is really upsetting. Right. Okay. But, and, like, yeah, they balance. I don't. There are genuine moments of comedy that make you laugh out loud. Or so just you're strange, like, strangeness, absurdity, but yeah, also, like. So would you say it's like an action comedy more than, like, Chainsaw Man, I don't even. I, Chainsaw Man's funny, but like there are man, moments, yeah. that is like it's, yeah, it's definitely. No, a, I would call a it. I would thing. call it an action comedy with sometimes with horror elements. Horror. I don't even know. Or like gore. gore. Just it's really hard to gore, place it. Yeah, because I don't. I don't even know that there's enough comedy to have it have comedy in the genre. When uh, so I, I think there but, are gags but there enough, are, but there's enough but that you like Toriyama level. You get those bits of comedy and you go, oh, that's like, like there's the gag that they always do where it's because he can the one guy can read minds. He will read Sakamoto's mind, and you'll see a panel where Sakamoto is just killing him, and you're like, oh my gosh, Sakamoto killed somebody or beat him up, and then it's just that he is reading Sakamoto's mind, and admittedly yeah. that's in like the very beginning when they're not on like the best bro terms. Well, but and I was gonna say one of the panels that sticks out in my mind as being especially well drawn is when he deflects a bullet with a gumball i love that so like stuff like that's great like i got the impression that it was just mostly a gag manga when i read the first i want to say like three chapters the first two chapters are really long like no because the, the thing is picks up I, I can see how you would get that impression but the action is real action it's not gag action well like, i mean it's well goofy done. things are happening yeah, in yeah. It. but it's it's a goofy maybe writing a goofy choreography. Yeah. There's definitely points of that, especially maybe like, maybe like an old Jackie Chan movie. Yeah. Kind of goofy, especially Sakamoto himself when he's doing stuff. But as we're getting into later chapters, uh, you see less of him fighting directly and you see, you know, you follow the telekinetic kid, you see other people doing fights and stuff and they're just much more violent and visceral. It's, it's the strangeness of run a, 
plane and people are dying and then when the plane breaks we have to quickly one the one girl who seemed unconfident the whole time even though she's on a thing to become an assassin helps sew everybody's clothes together to make a parachute to get to the ground and then the guy is and like, it's like a good germaphobe job. and he's like i don't want to touch anybody even though i'm murdering people mm. like it's a part like it's very and then the girl who's like shows up and she's like, I'm the biggest Sakamoto, Sakamoto fan. fan. And look, he's skinny and hot and he's the best assassin ever. And then she meets him and she's like, oh, I'm not the biggest Sakamoto fan. I've been a fake this whole time. really rude of her. I don't think that's, that's really what we're supposed to It's okay, Ben. Do. You're okay, Ben. It's okay. <laughs> but, but no. So that's interesting because, I mean, I remember sort of hearing this about it and thinking, oh, it's doing a one-punch man. No. But my wife and you guys seem to be suggesting otherwise. It's 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 not a parody, even if it is funny at if, times. It is still like that's why it feels like a throwback. It's doing, it's doing yeah. things that I've seen before, it's but like it's just how, doing so them in a fresher way. If that, it's a parody, it's a deep cover parody. So yeah. like how Dragon Ball slowly went from like being like very humorous, very much a gag in that like first summoning of the dragon, then he gets into the Red Ribbon Army stuff. And it's, yeah, yeah, you could I probably. Would say, yeah, I would continue could to say that's very apt because it's like you do your first couple adventures. And then, like, once Slur shows up and that art, like, you get that art style shift with him because he's like a very like detailed. I don't know enough about art, but he's like very like scratchy and not smooth lines and stuff like that. Right. Well, because yeah. what I remember is Sakamoto to to go back to the Toriyama thing. He has a lot of like round edges. Yeah. Like, he's he's a literally a softer character, meaning he's yeah, he's more he's, friendly. He's and, big and fat. I, he's not <laughs> his. His round corners He's a symbolize big, his man softening both emotionally who, and whose professionally. Yeah. Belly is like a bowl full of jelly. No, he's ho, it, ho, it's ho. it's symbolism. You know I'm fatter than you, right? <laughs> Jeez, just gotta put it out there on the airwaves. <laughs> yeah, it's symbolism, but you don't have the ponytail. <laughs> He's got you there. No, I'll, I'll I will have to. Go home. I, I know I, I owe you guys many manga chapters at this point of many <laughs> yeah. things. Um, but just, how far are you in Faraway Paladin? No, none of that. How far away am I? We don't need help freaking... Ben's got enough that he needs to read on top of other things. We keep telling him to read and things to read for the podcast. But all that said, like <laughs> I would genuinely suggest to read Sakamoto's Days. Is it like the most immaculate thing like Spy Family is? No, but like I've consistently had a good time with it for the years I've been reading it. And I'm always excited every week when... I would say character. I would say it's in my top fifteen. I was going to say that's actually pretty high for you because you read thousands. you read a lot. Um, where is it in your sh- personal Shonen Jump ranking? Oh, I, okay. So on Shonen Jump, I read of currently uh, running Shonen Jump series: One Punch Man, um, Mashal, which we haven't talked about yet. Mm. Um, okay, Sakamoto Days, uh, Chainsaw Man's Back, Spy Family. Spy Family. Uh, Spy Family's number one for everything forever. Um, <laughs> uh, what else? It's different flavor. Like this is what we. This is the thing I always come back to with Spy Family. And when I, I say I it's, tangle it's with that and Chainsaw Man, it's like it's it's its own flavor, and I want to eat all the flavors. Out of the seven or eight that I read on there, would you say it's like a must read on Shonen Jump? Yes, I yes. would say it's. A, I would say it's a hidden if, gem. I don't think I've re- seen anybody but us talk about. If you are going to get a subscription to on Viz. For any other series, also read Sakamoto Days. Yeah, it's it is a hundred percent worth your time. I would say it's worth the two fifty on its own. Yep, but maybe not for everybody. What, there's like seventy some chapters now. Yeah, I 
personally, I think that, that it can stand on its own. But there's so many good series on there at this point that you should definitely be reading like four or five at least. Yeah, I know I am. <laughs> I, I'm keeping up with Akane and My Hero. That was, I missed Akane. Akane. I can't I believe know. I missed Akane. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got a few. I'm just rid. I mean, anytime we talk about the series, we'll shill. We're not. They're not even paying us, but I will shill it to the end of the day, is because it's such a good freak. I would have killed for this when I was a kid. Exactly. Yeah. is my number buying, two. I don't have to go to the bookstore to either read there. I don't have to keep buying them because I, I don't have, to go have to shelf the, space for all them. I can just read it digitally. I can give it some cash. Like I don't have to go to the Suncoast Video I don't have to in pay my $10 mall. A month. Next I don't even to pay five dollars. Auntie Anne's pretzel. So, okay, so ranking real quick. Spy Family, Akane, Chainsaw Man, Sakamoto Days. Okay. Yeah, so. that's some that's some statement. Okay. And then Mashal. I don't know if I could do that with rankings yet. I'd have to look but at what you're not everything. reading. You're not reading like the My Hero or the Jujutsu Kaisen. Those are the ones. And then Kubo-san, which you guys don't even know about. I don't even know so about Kubo-san. Freaking cute. Which one's that? It's What's it called? It's a middle high schooler slice of life thing. It's Oh, okay. <laughs> um we won't go into it, but Suffice to say, they're cute little babies. Cool. Okay. Read Sakamoto Days. It's great. Yeah, definitely. There's some cute little babies in there, too. I've, I've been convinced. <laughs> everybody everybody can can afford $250 a month, right? I'll pay for, for all it. that content? I've told my friend I'd give him my login, and he said, if you do that, you'll never see me again. And, I, <laughs> and he's like, I can't do it. And I'm like, okay. But you should still do it. And you know what? You can read the first couple chapters for free. And the latest ones the for latest free. So if you get free. on a, a series that has just started, you could, you could just keep up with it for free the whole you time. You could pay two fifty for one month and catch up with all yeah. these series. That's what I was gonna do when month. I was reading catching up and on then, one piece and then I just kept kids, doing it. Take your parents' credit card, they'll think it's an ATM surcharge, they're yeah. not even gonna notice. You know what? How about this? <laughs> if you can't afford it, the first five people who contact <laughs> oh, me? Oh yeah, no, I will. Yes, I will. I will get you will a subscription. You. I'll say three months. I'll do three months subscription for you. The yeah, first five easy. people contact me. I need validation. <laughs> I will pay you for validation, but not fake clicks. I will pay you to read manga. That's the best that we like because you'll like it. Well, that'll do it for episode nine. Hope everybody had a good time. I leveled up my podcasting skill, Brad. <laughs> I'm a better podcaster now. Yeah, I'm gonna. What I'm, episode was this again? I think I can go. I think I can get my level two certification. Now. Yeah. The viewer watched me grow and change all on my own. And it's meaningful <laughs> they, because I'm talking they, about how meaningful yeah, it is. Yeah, they, they know what it is because like they saw me do it. They saw Rocky run up those stairs. But like I said, you guys need to start studying for your level two certification or. Level three certification. Does it so, end? Do, is it a one rank situation, yeah, or is there like a zero one. or an S above that? So you guys are currently unranked. Only yeah. God may judge me. We are merely Ronin at this moment. <laughs> we are podcasters who serve no master. <laughs> we serve the God. Doesn't the greater that make it sound good. cooler though? Bento, the podcasting Ronin. He does Bam. have those swords. There you go. I knew you'd be Bam. super about that. <laughs> Well, anyway, <laughs> thanks for listening. Um, uh, we'd like you to do all of the social media things, the subscribes and follows and comments and likes and all that fun stuff. Um, you can do that on your podcast platform of choice, or you can visit our website, animepodcasterreincarnation.com. That has a lot of 
uh, fun additional content out there. Ben does reviews of manga from time to time. I think it's been a while since we've had a new Shonen Jump manga, so maybe I feel uh, like we're due one. You would be able to find show notes out there if we had any. Um, If we ever do, that's where they'll be. You can also hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Isekai Sensei. Or you can send us an email, isekaisenseisama at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel. That time I got reincarnated as an anime podcaster. And we simul-release our podcast up there in stereo. And every once in a while we put other videos up there, but we haven't done that in a while. So tell us what you want to see. You can also check us out on Good Pods. I'm going to keep plugging this even though Ben hates it. Uh, but I think it's a good platform for actually connecting to your audience, even though not one single person has left us a comment yet. The more desperate we sound, the less people are going to want to talk to us, Brad. Well, okay. So next episode, I'm going to be like, I don't want anybody to contact us. But for this episode, that cat's out already out of bed, so Please psychology. validate me. Uh, ben, you got some plugs. Yeah, I do uh, another podcast called Words About Books. If you love hearing my lofty ivory tower opinions on storytelling, we should be deep in the midst of Ready Player Two, which I hate <laughs> by so the time excited. this comes out. So, so excited to hear about it. There'll be a lot of that. Um, you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me at Benbo Schwagens. Benbo Schwagens. Benbo Schwagens is my Twitch channel. Schwiggity <laughs> <laughs> Schwagens. You can follow me on Twitter at Benbo Schwagens. You can also find me writing on, on the aforementioned blog. Cool. Uh, Andrew, you have to at least plug your Twitter. No, do I have to? Yes. You can find me on this very podcast every month. I have a good time doing it, even though I sound miserable right now. You, <laughs> because I, you can find me at my Twitter that I never look at, at, at Kermit D. Grog, because I like One Piece. So you should definitely contact Andrew on Twitter and tell him that you want more episodes of Ramble Rouse. <laughs> tell me how to find the One Piece. Ah, oh, shoot. I lost. Uh, find. I need to watch the One Piece Kabuki show that happened. I can only find trailers. I literally can't find it anywhere online, and it's driving me insane. <laughs> I know there's video of it. Cause they said they released it as a video. I just I want to watch the One Piece Kabuki. The trailers <laughs> look incredible. Uh, well, once again, everyone who listened, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate those those downloads. We'd like to see those numbers go up. Um, and as I said, we want to hear from you. So, um, and I'll never say that again. I only <laughs> want to see the numbers go up if there's a deep don't person talk to you know. You gotta we gotta change our tactics, Brad. You gotta go. Don't talk to us. I I refuse. I I bet you can't comment. <laughs> I don't even want you to comment, Babaka. I bet you don't have the grapes uh, to comment. Come on. I bet we wouldn't even read your comment if you wrote it. (laughs) Well, that'll do it for us. So I want you all to remember, if you wake up in another world, don't piss off the nobles. What's the what's the cringiest thing we could call our fans? You know how a bunch of like groups have like a name for their fans? I think we'd have to have some first. That's a good point. Uh, hello to all our listeners in Germany. I, I know you're listening. What's up, reincarnators? <laughs> no. I said cringiest. Ah, we could go deeper.
There's, there's more cringe to be had, I think. Speaking of cringe, what's this week's top? What's this episode's topic? Yes, it's a mystery topic for me. Ben does not know. This was hatched between Brad and I, and we said, Ben will have a lot to talk about this. Let's spring it on him. The organization. Great, humble organization. Thank you for your help. They always use their omnipotence responsibly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Cut that. We don't want them to hear that. We don't want them to hear that. Cut that, Brad! (laughs) This is going on too long. Brad, put us out of our misery. It's hot. (laughs) There's condensation on the bubble. (laughs) (laughs) 